Ilja Kovic is shipping back up to Boston as the Florida State Seminoles remain undefeated as they take down Boston College 44-14 and a display of up-here and utter dominance. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise. David, what's going on, my guy? Drake, you got to be more energetic than this. We're ranked. Things are good. We're undefeated. Can't imagine being a Florida or Miami fan today. <laughs> we will get to that. Woo! Oh, no, it feels great. We're number 23 in the country, folks, as the, as the latest AP poll has just dropped. And also, this is the first time in a long time that FSU has utterly just ha- imposed their will up uh, and against an opponent with Boston College coming into town, us beating them 44 to 14, which, quite frankly, Dave, we said we don't want to score more, score more than 10 to 14. It felt just like a shutout game for most of the game anyway. So it was it was all garbage time. Um we, we talked about in our game preview about what we needed to see. And it felt an awful lot like everything we wished for came true. We asked for us to go out there, start off hot. Don't even give them hope. Don't, e- don't even give them a chance to think, oh, maybe we, can, maybe we can keep this game close and see what happens. Didn't want to see that happen. Wanted to see this defense shut down one of the worst offenses and offensive lines they'll face all year. And we wanted to see what this offense could do while protecting Jordan Travis. Could you have asked for much more? No, I, I really don't think. I mean, you could ask for a shutout, but I just, I mean, you, you, we, we saw, you know, you know, like basically Norvell kind of call the dogs halfway through, through the third quarter because, quite frankly, that we said we were talking about how the offensive line for Boston College was simply offensive. And then we see basically how our own offensive line, where they didn't dominate the point of the line of attack, which we would have loved to see. You know, the right side of the line kind of struggled a little bit, especially when it came to, I think, Jazz and Turrentine, Dimitri Emanuel. I think they're the, your two lowest offensive line players, actually, overall. But to me, Jordan Travis continues to look like the passer that, you know, he was saying we were hearing about all the offseason. And also, the running attack is just basically just a three-headed monster. Yeah, it's it's funny watching this offense now because what it reminds me of almost is, like, one of those old Mike Leach, Texas Tech air raid offenses where there always just seem to be receivers open across the middle. And we talked, uh, we've talked daily for the last half decade now about why does it feel like the field is so small when we're on offense and so big when everyone else is on offense? That it's the exact opposite now. Um, It feels like there's just always receivers in space. It, it, it feels like more than a coincidence that we got all these receivers in the transfer portal and seemingly everyone is stepping their game up now. Um, Darian Williamson came off the top ropes in that game and caught five passes before anybody could even blink and almost eclipsed 100 yards before he was out with an injury. Um, just, just incredible how quickly this offense has been able to turn things around and become 
the strength of this team when we thought this defense would vie for like top 10 nationally. I know right now per S&P Plus, Florida State's overall a 33rd ranked team. I want to say their defense is 37th in the country while their offense is 30, 33rd, which is like did we like we expected basically a good start for this team. Yeah. Right, Dave? Like we expected this team to go 2-1 and one yeah. when it came to the week of to the games of Duquesne, LSU, and um, Louisville. Yep. But right now, none of us expect us this team to be 4-0 heading into a week. And with this week game coming up, I would love to see basically this offense continue to push forward because we saw over the weekend where Clemson kind of preyed on the secondary where Wake's team, Wake's defense isn't very, what's the word, decent. I think is the best way to put it because Boston College actually has a better defense overall than Wake. But yep. to me, when you saw Jordan Travis like basically have his first 300-yard game, which is something that we have been saying for a long time that we want to see him more consistently have, he has eight different receivers catch the ball. And like it feels like every single week someone different steps up. The first week, it was mainly the running backs. But LSU, it was Ontario Wilson. Against Louisville, it was it was Johnny Wilson. And this weekend, it was Darren Williamson before he left. And also with Kentron Portier with that one beautiful, beautiful just moss. I think it was like 35 yards out from touchdown, from, from touchdown land. Yeah, it just, man, there's, there's too much to say about this game. Um, I think Eddie Royal, uh, one of the, um, the old Virginia Tech receivers, said it best at halftime when he said, they asked him, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? And he just paused for a couple seconds and said, I kind of just feel bad for Boston College that they have to finish this game. That that's that's Florida State football. That's that's we're supposed to be able to do this to teams that deserve it, even if they're a conference opponent. That that's exactly what happened in this game. Jordan Travis literally did whatever he wanted, including with his legs. There were a couple plays. There was that one run in particular where you know he he alluded to defenders, ankle, leg looked perfectly fine. Just you can't say enough about the progress that Jordan Travis was made has made this offseason. Um, clearly, he's taken the next step in terms of just seeing the field, re- making his reads, delivering the ball more accurately and allowing receivers to run after the catch. And that is exactly what this offense was lacking. And what a script flipped or uh, what a script flip, because right now. This offense appears to be the clear strength of this team. And we're just wondering where I think the defense is going to fit in to can the defense match or come close to matching what this offense is capable of. If if that's really the case, I think that's a great position to be in. No, I completely agree with that. And also, I think we do forget that the defense is missing a lot of key pieces. And now Fabian Lovett didn't play neither did Jared Verse. Tatum Bethune actually did go out with an injury, hopefully We'll learn more about that over the coming week because, quite frankly, the depth chart that Norvell's going to drop today doesn't really matter because I think Amari Gainer's been on there for about a few weeks now and he's been out, he's been in a boot for the same amount of time. So to me, the defense overall still like it, it's still a very solid defense, but there are definitely some missing pieces overall. And then I'm actually kind of happy, not happy. I'm I'm, I'm proud of how the offensive line has stepped up because there have been injuries throughout that. I know Robert Scott didn't start against Boston College, but you do see kind of people step up. And then also, this is the first time we were able to see not one, not two, but three quarterbacks overall all, all along the offensive, uh, basically running the show. And that shows me to me that we're finally able to beat teams and actually get young, the young freshmen some reps. I think Julian Armel actually had like 10 snaps actually on Saturday. Yeah, great to see. We have really high hopes for him. Um, Got to get some things cleaned up on the offensive line. Last year, we performed so well in our running game in spite of our run blocking. 
This year, it feels a lot like Jordan Travis is doing what he's doing in spite of the pass blocking. I, I wish it was a little better. Um, obviously, uh, we all do. But if 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 we're able to, you know, I guess scheme around it, and Jordan Travis is making his reads so quickly and getting rid of the ball so quickly, it, it almost hasn't mattered. And it's going to matter against better teams. That's the scary thing. And we're really coming up to that part of the schedule. Uh, but you can't, you couldn't feel any better about our chances with this offense going forward. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think with what I've seen thus far that anyone we play really, I, I would expect, I would expect to beat us. I, I don't expect anyone to beat us with the way this offense has performed. And you know, Dave, who's out there to help you make yourself feel better when you're looking for new employees and new jobs? Is our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. You are correct, sir. LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for a small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and, more importantly, for free. Dave, you used LinkedIn Jobs before, right? I have. I've used LinkedIn Jobs to post job listings for paralegals. Um, it is not f- easy to figure out where to do that, and it's a lot less easy to attract quality candidates. I was able to do both of those things through LinkedIn Jobs. Made life really easy. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it, folks. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. to post your job for free, for free, and for free. Terms may apply. Okay, Dave. We have talked about offense. Yeah. Now let's shift to the defense. One of the biggest things we talked about on little like Saturday's like mini little short form episode was that we wanted to see the defense impose as well against an offensive line that simply put is probably the worst offensive line I think my eyes have seen on a football field since I don't know JV when I was yeah. trying, trying trying out for football because that was because like mainly Boston College's line had. Has had five different offensive linemen like leave out either due to do the draft or transferring, and they had two walk-ons actually playing in the game. So, Dave, defensively, what were your thoughts from the game? Well, it's I'm glad you went there first because it's really hard to have a gripe with a defense that pitched a shutout for the most of the meaningful part of the game, and that last touchdown. I mean, it was garbage time. So, really, that defense gave up seven points. Um, so great overall performance, but there are, you know, like, like you said, we, we, I thought Phil Dracovich was going to be injured before the first half ended just because we were sacking him so many times that didn't quite happen. Obviously, um, we were, like you said, missing our best pass rusher and Jared verse. That's going to count. That's That's going to have an impact. However, still, still wish I had seen, you know, a better performance in terms of getting to Phil Dracovich, but Nonetheless, um, other than Zay Flowers, who is just an incredible talent for Boston College, that's that's tough to stop. You're just trying to limit him. Defense did a really great job of that, not letting him get anything over the top. There was that one shot play they took to Zay Flowers where he was actually open, but Vildrakovic just overthrew him, mm-hmm. probably because just nothing had been available the whole game and he was rattled. Um, but defense continued to do a great job keeping things in front of him. And that's important because it's not quite bend but don't break because they're still making some plays. Like I, we we each highlighted a player on defense that we wanted to see, and I picked Kalen Deloach. And man, it, it seems like every play that guy's shot out of a cannon chasing someone down. He's so good. Side, 
He's so good. And it's funny because in that Louisville game, PFF gave him a terrible grade. But you, anyone with eyes could have watched that game and could have watched this game and, and pretty much any game Kellen DeLoach has played in this year and thought to yourself, that guy's special. He's special and all of that. He's like, he, his closing speed is something that kind of scares the crap out of me, right? Like, it's, it's someone that if you're, if you're a ball carrier and you see him just running towards you, and there's one play where it's both him and Jamie Robinson running towards the, um, the running back, I would honestly just be fearful of my life because that's the way it's just absolutely, I would just fall. I would just fall. I'm like, no, please just, just, just tackle me down here real quick. But Liz, you're right. Like, he has taken another step forward. Like, we, I, I expected him to basically, you know, play himself in the, maybe potentially some draftable consideration because of his closing speed, his coverage skills, his tenacity. And now he just seems like a surefire Sunday you know, player like each and every single game we've seen this year. And the way he's able to command the defense alongside a Tatum Bethune, who, uh, who while Tatum Bethune has been played very well, he has missed some time due to injury and then also spelling DJ London too as well. Like Kalen DeLoach is the captain and to me is the, is the hero of this defense. Yeah, he stands out um, on a defense that right now I believe like PFF also has them around 32, 33. So S&P and PFF seem to agree on where Florida State's defense is. And like I said, he stands out on that defense. Um, just there, there's not really much to criticize from this game. Um, the coverage was fine. There was no bust in coverage other than that. Uh, uh, that connected at least. Like, Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You were very upset about only having, what, one sack against Duquesne? Are you only upset that we had two sacks today against uh, Boston College? I'm trying to keep it positive here. I'm very upset about that, but it didn't matter. Um, like, well, To be fair, Phil Dracovic is huge. It's, he's really hard to bring down. You see the, the Patrick Payton play where we're trying to drag him? Like, he's big. Holding on to Phil Dracovic's legs as he gets rid of the ball. Yeah, so... Do I wish we were able to get into the ground more? Yes. Is that going to matter in games against Wake Forest and Clemson and Florida and Miami? Yeah, it'll matter more in those kind of games because they're going to be closer, obviously. Uh, well, maybe. We'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, you're you're, you're going to need – it's not – pressuring opposing quarterbacks can create turnovers. Just pressuring alone because it gets them off their it gets them off their spot. They're making throws quicker. They're not making their reads fully. That's great. Getting home obviously is the finishing move. We got to see. That should be better once Jared Verse gets back in. But I, I would have thought that even without Jared Verse, we'd be able to bully a team with probably the worst offensive line we're going to see this year. So yeah, got to see some improvement there. But just again. Nothing really big to complain about in this game. Uh, it felt like they played a pretty vanilla script on defense, and it felt like they knew that, um, like they were trying to not show too, too much. Um, nothing that felt overly creative. It was pretty simple, and that was really all that was needed in this game. Yeah, not only that, like it felt like, I mean, it felt like, like if you see most players didn't have more than 30 snaps. I think only a few of them did. I think Jamie Robinson led the team with 45 overall. Um, but you saw a lot more... To me, I want Derek McClendon to play. Like basically, he was my person to watch on defense. And he per PFF, he had a good game. But overall, if you look at if you watch the tape, and I watch the game again, I'm like, he's playing decent. But it feels like there could be a little more creativity when it comes to his you know defensive end moves. We did play a good solid game. I love this Patrick Payton kid. Patrick yeah. Payton to me, that kid, you can't. He is that size. And see the one play like it was highlighted in the broadcast, the way he bended around the on the again around tackle. To me, that's something that. If this kid adds 20 pounds, he is going to be a force to reckon with. 
And I mean, now I see why his name is Reaper, because that man is going to be the harbinger of death to all his QBs probably in the ACC moving forward. So to me, overall defense, yeah, I would like to see a little more sacks, but we did quarterback, we did hurry the quarterback 21 times, which if you see how many snaps they Boston College had overall, I think Phil Dracovic had, let me see, did you have it right in front of me? Phil Dracovic had, yeah, so he had 68, but I think he only had, yeah, so 68. So almost a third of the time the quarterback was hurried. So to me, you can't be too mad when it comes to that sort of statistic. Yeah, and it's, I'm glad you brought up that about Patrick Payton because that was two guys in this game that I think a lot of people hadn't thought much of or probably a lot of more casual fans didn't even know they were on this team, guys like Patrick Payton and Darian Williamson. Um, both impressed in this game. That's great to see guys that we weren't necessarily counting on step up and show that at, you know they may be able to contribute uh, as we head into deeper into conference play, that's just all of the signs are there. And, you know, we couldn't end this part of the conversation without talking about Trey Benson. I, they, we have to. Very first time this year, a team has taken the opening kickoff to the house. That would be Florida State and Trey Benson against Boston College. That game couldn't have started better because of Trey Benson and what, you know, what precipitated after that. But to take the opening kickoff to the house, it, it literally looked like he took a handoff at the one-yard line and was running it like a running back and just through a series of running past people and around people and stiff arms, it was just a magical experience on that kick return. I feel like we should add him to that rotation a lot more frequently. Um, and... That dude is just one of the toughest guys in the ACC to bring down. And we're we're really lucky to have him. You and I still have some protein on that, I think. I, I'm Well, I'm perfectly happy to because that dude is just so hard to bring down. He's He hasn't, you know, I, I don't think he's Dalvin in the sense that you're going to expect him to break an 80-yard run every play, but I'm going to expect him to break a tackle every play, and that's important. Yeah, I mean, the kid, especially with this offensive line, the kid's really tough to bring down. He's like, he's... He's so strong and so fast and so big. It's just, it's really fun to watch him. And I'm like, I am with you a little bit that I'd rather see him do kick returns. The only thing is like, it's, I'm always averse to like, as using probably your best skill players on kicking pump returns. I don't want to see them getting hurt. But if he, if, if this is what we're going to see moving forward, I wouldn't mind seeing that, even though I definitely do believe that Winston Wright's return is definitely like on the horizon. Yeah, as you saw, Brian Fitzgerald missed another extra point in this game. We need to score all of the points we can get through plays on special teams, including from that one, from Trey Benson. That's exactly what we need to see because we can't trust the field goal game. Okay, Dave, we're in the home stretch. I'm going to give the ball over to you. Let's talk a little more about the weekend that was, and I feel like you have something very important to like get off your chest to say to the audience. Let's ride, Dave. Oh, oh, oh. I don't, you know, I, I think Miami fans deserve this more. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you. And I'm looking at you, Mike Ryan. Um, it, it's great that you can get a meatloaf within 20 minutes of your stadium. Um, you can at Dope 2, or it's on campus where all the food is. Is that um, Publix? We, right. We can go just go to where the meatloaf is incredible. I highly recommend those, by the way. Um, We're not sponsored. We aren't, right, but could be reach out to us um anywho miami lost to fiu a few years back and that got a coach fired and that was considered one of the worst losses in program history probably the worst at that time um this was worse 
this was much worse because Middle Tennessee State didn't beat Miami. They didn't hold on to beat Miami. They kicked Miami's teeth in. They were the better team for all 60 minutes. They That was one of the most incredible things to see, just to see the $17 million to get Mario Cristobal there evaporating into the air. Um, they don't have a new coach. Uh, Manny Diaz is still their coach, clearly. Um, we kind of knew that about Mario Cristobal going in. All he does is blow games. I uh, did it against Utah too many times at Oregon. This is just this is just a delight to watch Miami suffer. Tyler Van Dyke, who I'm going to take a victory lap on, is a terrible quarterback. I've said it 100 times. I'll say it 100 more, but I won't need to because you probably won't see much of him because he sucks. Um, so good to see him struggle like that. So good to see that whole team get exactly what they deserve, which is to have a team that most people probably can't tell you what city it's in or what their mascot is just beat the hell out of the hurricanes yeah um i mean there's nothing more i can't really ask about more of that i mean i, wa- I watched the entire game and it just i kept saying like well like what is the what is the, uh, the defense and i said specifically that the defense was going to be one of the primary concerns for this miami team because kevin Steele is basically a relic of the past at this point i mean he struggled at clemson he had, I think, one or two decent years at Auburn, but then basically let a coup that got Gus Malls on fire so he can be the new head coach, and that didn't work out. So you bring him in, and then you I knew that they were in for a rude awakening with his defense when halfway through the summer camp, they promoted Charlie Strong, the co-defensive coordinator. And that, to me, you saw the same damn thing that we saw with when Michigan State came to uh, Miami last year. You saw missed tackles. You saw missed assignments, missed coverages, and people just not knowing what the hell to do on defense. And to me... That's just overall, like, how do you let a team in Middle Tennessee State, a team that struggled struggled immensely heading into, heading into your game, for the quarterback to throw 408 yards and having touchdown passes of 69, nice, 72, and 54 yards total. And then you have Tyler Van Dyke, who, listen, I like Tyler Van Dyke. I think he's a solid QB. But you've seen him just basically just regress, regress, and regress ever since Mark Cristobal came to town. And the one thing I did say was that we need to watch, see how Cristobal comes in because you saw Justin Herbert when he when he became the head coach over at Oregon, he struggled, and now in the NFL, he is basically a MVP from MVP like you know like candidate every single season. So to me, it's definitely definitely what you have all on the coaching staff because right now Miami, you are competing for a bottom five ACC team right now because you are struggling against teams that you should not be you should be beating, and quite frankly. You were not worthy of your ranking heading into the year. I think you're, what, number 13 overall in the country. But you were a 7-5 team last year, and now you're basically showing facing us why, who you are. Yeah, just just so, like I said, I you can't gloat enough about this. So great, so deserving for that fan base to have to suffer through this. Um, Mario Cristobal is an absolute quarterback ruiner, and we should want him there in the University of Coral Gables as long as we can have him there. It's, I'm just so glad that, that 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 didn't turn into the Samford game last year for Florida when, like, Samford put up 70 points or whatever on them and had 8,000 yards. And But Florida ended up winning anyways because they just scored more. Nope. My, Middle Tennessee defensively beat Miami, too. But speaking of Florida, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what happened to Florida this weekend. Um, Drake, Florida's not any good, are they? No, their defense is trash. And listen, I understand that Hendon Hooker is a very, very good QB. He's a, he's a Heisman Dark Horse candidate. But 
their defense isn't that great. And you actually had someone, you had one of your best linebackers actually come in the game today. But to me, overall, this Florida defense is just, it's it's not good at all whatsoever. Now, AR did have a better game. I think he had like 453 yards passing, but also with the game planning from Billy Napier, it's starting to feel like, now, I said when Billy Napier was hired, if you like Mark Nerval, you're going to like Billy Napier too. It's starting to feel like this at this point that Billy Napier was only focused on the big, big games because they struggled immensely against a USF team. And then to me, with this floor, with this floor team, it feels like they, whenever they take one good step forward when it comes to offense, they take three steps backwards. So it feels like to me, this is a very, it's a work in progress type of team. I don't think in the same bad spot as Miami, but this Florida team to me is a much, much more beatable than I had coming into the year. Yeah. Um, if you were just go look at the meltdown on message boards or on Twitter from Florida fans, um, no Florida fan will ever be happy losing to a Tennessee team that Christ for the last, what, 20 years now has been bad. This is uh, the first time to beat him in 16 years. Well, and just this is the first time they, they've not completely sucked. So this yeah. is the first time they've lost to Kentucky and Tennessee in the same year. And they're still winless in SEC play. Unlike us, where we, you know, we beat all of our SEC opponents. Yeah, you know, Billy Napier just felt like such a curious hire for a team with all the resources in the world. Um, I just, you wonder why they couldn't have poached anyone, almost anyone they wanted, uh, but they didn't. And they went with a guy that felt similar in profile to Mike Norvell. And Mike Norvell started off slow. Um, he had a rebuild to do. And so does Billy Napier because he's not an insta fix. Um, and it, it just feels like Florida is going to be a at least a couple years away if Billy Napier even works out. That was just, again, like you said, the defense was hapless. This this turns this. Miami were going to beat. That, that, that game's over. Um, but th- this makes it feel like Florida, because we've seen their offense struggle, and now we've seen their defense really struggle. That makes me feel pretty good about our hopes going into that game. But what makes me feel even better is that their, their hopes for this season are dashed after just four weeks I think this also highlights the talent disparity actually is at Florida actually currently, even though a lot of people actually out there were saying Florida was was like was a justifiable loss because they were the more talented team. I you can't look at that roster to me right now. I know they lost several pieces of the NFL, but they a majority of the starting players are still intact. Even they, they even have a better quarterback than they had last year with Emory Jones. You can't tell me right now that saying that the team last year was more talented because to me this team with Florida is still the same damn thing. Only the only difference is AR is playing QB. And Damian Pierce is gone. That's like the only two pieces that you can actually talk about overall. Oh, sorry. Also, Kyer Elam, the, the cornerback, has gone too as well. So to me, this is a Florida team that, quite frankly, there is. I'm starting to get to the point now where I know it's a rivalry game. It's going to be hard to excuse struggling against a Florida team when they've been like this the past four weeks. Yeah, I, thank God we got uh, another like FCS type cupcake on our schedule with Miami. But Florida, I think they'll probably have some more figured out by that by the time of that game. But Again, they're they're really early and they're a lot earlier in their rebuild and further away from being where they want to be than I think a lot of their fans had realized. And with us having so much familiarity with that, it just feels good knowing that we're on the we're literally on the climb. Thanks, Mike. Uh, We are on the climb. And Florida, it feels like, is continuing its steep dissension into SEC and college football irrelevance until unless and until that changes, Miami clearly is already there. So, yeah, just a great weekend that was in college football. Great weekend for Florida State fans everywhere. Oh. It was awesome. It was awesome. And, folks, that's all our time for today. Thank you for joining us today here on Locked on Seminoles. Dave, 
send the folks home and let them know what to do on the YouTube and also on the podcast level. Yes, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. For the YouTube, if you like this video, please give us a like. It only takes you two seconds. Subscribe to the channel. Ding the little bell at the top. It'll turn on your notifications, let you know when our videos drop. Leave us a comment below. Uh, what, what made you happiest about Florida and Miami struggles? What made you happiest about our game against Boston College? We want to hear from you. And folks, we promise that Dave will be back hopefully in his house with some Wi-Fi with, so I can definitely have not to deal with this sort of audio quality for the rest of the week. But folks, as Dave was saying, please don't forget five-star reviews, you know, our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And also, folks, we want to thank each and every one of you for all the love and support. We could do this because you come here every single day to get all your Florida State Seminole Sports news. With that being said, that was Dave. This was Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Lockdown Seminoles. Take care, everybody.